God, I pray that right now we'd be able to focus on you and focus on your word, and we will let your word change us. God, we so desire to learn more about you, to know more about who you are and how you have revealed yourself in your word. And I just pray right now, God, that you open our eyes and open our ears so we might be able to hear you clearly, God, and see the beauty of the cross right now through the power of your word. God, I pray, Lord, for the hurting soul that's in this place. God, I pray that you bring restoration to their hearts and to their minds. God, I pray for the person that's struggling with sin tonight. God, I pray that you just uh, show them the devastation associated with that sin and, and how it's destroying them and, and consuming them. And God, I pray that you purify them, God, through the hope that exists in Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray that you do a great work through the power of your word. And God, that we all be changed through it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So I, I've got kind of a, uh, a funny background picture for us for our new series I got to thinking about the fact that, there it is, right? All aboard the struggle bus, right? Who feels like their week has gone like that? You know what I mean? Yes, yes. I had an employee quit the other day, and this was my second employee in a month, and I only have like four employees, so when half your employees go away, it's kind of a struggle, right? Especially when you're trying to implement a brand new laboratory and a brand new facility and all that, but... We're still smiles. We're all smiles because it's all good. We're riding on the struggle bus, but we are smiling. Um, I, I, I do. I feel like this sometimes. I feel like, you know, <laughs> this happens to be the bus that I'm riding on at certain points in my life. But I got to thinking about this. Uh, you know, and even, <laughs> I think, you know, the thing I think is funny, actually, is the fact that our screen's kind of messed up right now. We, we got a new screen, and it's all supposed to be cool and wide and all that, and it's kind of messed up. And it says struggle bus, and the screen itself is messed up. I think that's hilarious, actually. So we, that is intentional. We want to show you guys that we're not perfect here. Uh, we absolutely have our faults and our flaws, and things are not perfect here at Simple Church. So we did that intentionally, just so you would know that. Uh, that's why I'm going to mess up several times during the sermon, as a matter of fact. It's just to let you know that we're imperfect here. So anyway... So I got to thinking about the way that people perceive Christianity. Uh, and even, uh, e even as, I, I guess more so when, when I was younger, the way I perceived uh, to be a Christ follower, I just figured for whatever reason that things would be easier, right? Like you just assume that if, if, if you give your life to Christ and, and you have eternity with him secure, you know that you're going to spend eternity with God in the presence of God. You're not going to go to hell. Like you would be just in general, like life would be better, right? Like you wouldn't have as many struggles that would go on, in particular mental struggles, right? Like you would think that because you have been set free and, and you are good to go and you have a, a new life in Christ that things would be easier and you wouldn't necessarily struggle as much. That's not necessarily the case. I think that's a false assumption that a lot of people have that, that, that once you give your life to Christ that, that somehow things just get easier. In particular, one of the things that, that I wanted to address with you tonight specifically was, was sin. Uh, you know, people, I think when they, they think about becoming a Christian and being washed free from that sin, 
That, that yes, indeed, there is a certain amount of relief that you feel, a certain overwhelming sense of this burden has been removed from your shoulders. Those of you that have given your life to Christ, you know what I'm talking about. That moment when you have surrendered everything to Christ and you've given everything to Him, it is like there was this gorilla that was on top of your back. You know what I'm saying? And he just like leaped off all at one time. And like you can almost breathe easier, you can take a deep breath. And it's like something has changed in me. I know that it has. I can feel it. I can feel that God has changed me, has made me a new creation, has taken that sin burden away from me. And it's like it's this amazing feeling, right? It's this overwhelming sense of, man, something is different. And that is a wonderful thing that happens when you give your life to Christ. And, and that's one of the ways that we can experience God in a very real and personal way. When that happens in our life, when we recognize that now I am a Christian, I am a follower of Jesus, and that sin has been washed clean from me. But I will say this. Once you become a Christian, that doesn't mean you don't sin anymore, does it? That doesn't mean that you automatically, you, you get like a... Uh, th this card or something that says that no more sin will tempt you. Uh, you won't ever be, be, be tempted by lust or greed or pride or hypocrisy or any of those kind of things. It, it's not like you just all of a sudden those things go away and they're no, more, they're no longer a problem for you. They're no longer an issue for you. The reality is, is that they're still there. And we've said numerous times in here that the reason that we have to deal with them is because we live in a broken fleshly body. We live in a world that is broken because sin is in this world and we still have a fleshly body that we are going to have to contend with sin and struggle with sin and be on the struggle bus with sin until we leave this fleshly body, right? Until we, we get rid of the flesh and it's just us and Jesus in our purest form, which is that soul that we gave to him, that, that soul that belongs to him. Now, there will be a resurrected body that will happen one day when Jesus returns, and we'll have a purified body, a cleansed body, a renewed body, and that won't be exactly like the flesh that we have now. It, it won't fall prey to the sin temptations that we have now. It'll be a new, purified, cleansed body that we will one day have when Christ returns. So, I guess what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, is that when you struggle with sin as a Christian, believe it or not, the struggle is worse. The, the internal turmoil is, is worse. The way that, that, that it feels is worse. Because what happens is when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within you, there, there is a conviction that happens whenever we slip off into sin, when sin comes into our life and we delve into sin, it, there, there's a, a crushing sensation that goes along with that sin because darkness and light can't exist in the same space. So when darkness tries to creep back in, the light battles against it. So the light that is inside you is battling against the flesh that wants the sin and so there's this internal struggle that goes on, and it's painful. It is literally painful. Uh, in, in our small groups uh, for our teenagers, they're going to be looking at one of the, the, the psalms where it, it, David is dealing with the struggle of, of his sin and how it makes him feel like his bones are breaking. He's laying awake at night, and tears are flowing from his eyes, and, and he's just begging God, just cleanse me, renew me, make me fresh again, restore the joy of my salvation. He's just begging him because the overwhelming burden of that sin, it's crushing him. 
See, the struggle comes in when, when sin tries to enter in our life and we have a, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus in, 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 our, in our person that is our soul. When we're a new creation, there's this huge struggle that goes on between the two. And it's painful. And even Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7, which is what we're going to look at tonight. And you, you probably heard this passage before. And you've probably thought about it before. Man, that sounds like me. And, and you're like, how is Paul? Uh, you know, Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. So obviously he's a guy that walks with God. He's a guy that, 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 that wrote these letters to these churches trying to teach them how to be Christians and how to teach them how to follow Jesus and encourage them in their walk with Jesus. So obviously he's a very godly man, and yet he struggles with this, with this sin conflict, this battle that goes on inside of him, even as a very godly man. So I don't care who you are, and I don't care how godly you are and how many, how many Bible verses you can commit to memory. What I'm saying is you're going to continue to struggle against sin, and it's going to continue to be painful, and it's going to continue to shape you and mold you and change you and it's part of the process this process we call sanctification which is to make you more and more like Jesus as time goes on but it's a painful process and here Paul struggles with this idea about the flesh and, and how, it's, how it's battling against the inner man it's really the inner man versus the outer man is, is kind of the way he describes it so let me set this up for you, because he starts in verse 14, where we're going to be tonight, and we're going to start tonight in, verse, in chapter 7 with verse 14. He starts, and he starts talking about the law, and he says, the law's not bad. So he's been talking about in the first few, few verses of this chapter, he's saying, the law is not bad. Now you say, what's the law? It's, it's the rules that they followed. It's the, the things that, that they thought brought them righteousness. They thought, if I just keep the law, if I, if I keep doing the things I know I'm supposed to do, that God says, don't do this, don't do that, then that will make me righteous and that will give me good standing with God. And, and, and Paul has time and time again said, you know, it's not the law is what makes you righteous. It is Christ is what makes you righteous. It is not your adherence to the law, but it, Christ has set you free from the law, and now you are free in Christ Jesus. But he says the law is not pointless, though. The law still has a purpose. He says the law is not useless now because you've been set free in Christ. The law has a purpose, and that purpose is this. It's to show you the things that you should be convicted over. It's to show you the things that grieve God and, and grieve His Holy Spirit. It's to show you those things that you shouldn't do. Yes, Christ has set you free from it, but, but there is still a purpose to it, which is to still show you that there are things that you can do to, to quench the Spirit, to quench that fire of the Spirit. And here Paul is saying, in, in verse 14, he says, So the trouble is not with the law. For it is spiritual and it is good. He basically says this, it came from God. It is from the Spirit. It serves a purpose. It's, it's good. There's a, a good reason that the law is with us. And, and that is to show us what is good. Right? I mean, if we have no standard whatsoever, you can do whatever you want to. You can say whatever you want to, act however you want to, kill whoever you want to. Some of you are going like, there's a few people I'd like to kill, yeah. Uh, the, the law is supposed to show us that indeed that is bad. That, that the law is showing us that, that these are the things that you should be convicted over. These are the things that the Spirit is going to remind you of that they, they break God's heart. 
They break God's heart. And he says, it is spiritual and it is good. He says, the trouble's not with the law. Look where the trouble is. He said, the trouble is with me. He says, for I am all too human and a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself. How many of you ever felt like that? I don't really get myself. I don't really, I don't really understand myself. He says, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. This is what he says. He says, he says I don't understand. He says, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. He says, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the thing that I know I'm not supposed to be doing, the things that I hate. And it's obvious that he is a believer because he hates these things that aren't good. It's obvious that we're talking about somebody that knows Jesus, somebody that has a relationship with Jesus, which is the believer, and Paul is one of those. And he says, instead, I do what I hate. The things he hates are the things that are against the law. And he says, but if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. He's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know in my mind what I am supposed to do in order to be able to follow the law, in order to please God. He says, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin that is living in me that does it. Now, you have to understand that, that, that Paul is talking about himself in two different ways here. He's talking about the inner man that is himself, that, that has a heart fixed on God and desires to do the things that are good. But yet, he says, there, there is sin that is within me also, and there's this struggle that is going on. That, that's why we... Uh, as Christians, that's why we come into a service on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights and, and God convicts us of things and he shows us the things that, 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 that break in his heart. And that's the reason we come down and we, we fall on our face before God and say, God, I just need to repent of this. I need to turn away from this that is breaking your heart and turn towards you. And, and, and we do that. And there's this cleansing, this renewal that happens. God says, I'm still with you. I'm right here. I'm ready to forgive you again. I'm ready to be with you again. Just turn towards me. Stop quenching the spirit. Stop doing the things that are against me. Start doing the things that are with me. And then you can be close to me. And we need to hear that. Here's the problem, though. I'll tell you what the problem is. Is that, is that some people... They can't get past the first part to get to the second part. So they, they, they don't come to church or they don't read their Bible or they don't pray because they don't like the struggle. They don't like knowing that what I'm doing is breaking the heart of God. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to address that. And thus they miss out on the renewal part, which is the, the part that God is doing surgery. He's cleaning out. He's taking out the dirty stuff so he can renew and restore and make you clean again. And people don't stay with it long enough to do the second part. And that's the struggle. That, that, that's what I see, it, it, what breaks my heart. People, I, I know they have sin in their life. I know they're doing things wrong. I, I see their Facebook posts. I, I, I know what they're doing. I see Instagram. I know, I'm not crazy. I know what people are doing. But what I'm saying is this. I just tell them, just come to church anyway. I know that you're messed up. I know that you're jacked up. And I know what you do on Friday and Saturday nights. Come to church anyway. Come to church anyway. 
Stay with it. Hang in there. Because I know that, yeah. Now, this doesn't give you permission to go and do it again next Saturday, next Friday, and do it over and over again. Because what happens is, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to Jesus, what happens is the stronger that conviction, the stronger the, the, the struggle feels, the harder it hits you when you sin to the next time, the more and more and more that you hear the word of God and it convicts you. It's like this piling on effect when you continue to go down the road that you don't, you know that you're not supposed to go down. It's this piling on effect when you continue to stay on that road. And once again, once again, there are people that will come and they'll pray and ask God to forgive them. And, and he separates them, as, their sin from them as far as the east is from the west. And they, they, they accept that and God restores them and renews them. But what happens? They slip back off into the sin again. But instead of staying with God, instead, instead of going through the process again, instead of hanging in there, what do they do? They go away. They go away because, you know, why? The struggle is just too difficult. The, the, the feeling is just too much. They, it's too much for them to bear. They, like, I can't go through this again. I'm just going to mess up again. I'm just going to... And it will. It'll continue to convict your heart and strain your heart. And it will be harder the next time. It will be more difficult the next time. And people are like, well, I just want to continue to do my own thing. I just want to continue to do my own thing. And I believe Paul is just talking about that struggle here. He says, it's not me that's doing it, it's the sin that lives in me that is doing it. He says in verse 18, I mean, he says this literally three different times. He's like, he's just weeping over the fact that this is going on in his life. In verse 18, he says, I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what is right. He says, there's nothing good in me. He, at least he recognizes that about himself. I, I think that, that one of the ways you can tell somebody doesn't have a relationship with Jesus is by how they talk about how good they are, right? Like, like if they say that I'm really good and really righteous and they wear, wear that around on their sleeves and on their shoulders and, and try to show everybody how good they are, then more than likely that means they don't even know who Jesus is. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you see your sinful nature, the more you see what kind of sin is in your life. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's so difficult, because you don't like to see that, and it, it hurts to see that. And people are like, I don't want to see that. I keep getting closer to Jesus. I keep seeing more of my sin. That's exactly the way it works. That's exactly the way it works. So he says, I see that nothing good lives in me. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I want to do, I am not really doing uh, the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Once again, he reiterates the point that it is sin that is doing this in him. Now, now just, because, just because you are cleansed of your sin for all of eternity because you put your faith in Jesus Christ doesn't mean you're not going to battle with it. doesn't mean that it goes away and disappears forever. What it means is that it's still going to creep in. It's still going to happen in your life. If there's one thing I want people to know about Simple Church is the fact that, that we are indeed a church full of sinful people. That, that we are not a, a church full of very pious people that say that we don't sin, we don't do anything wrong. 
I, I, I hate the notion of, of churches that, where, where people, that they, they clean themselves really up really nice on the outside, trying to give an appearance of that's what's going on on the inside. But what's, what the reality is, is when they go home, they have no desire for the things of God. They have no desire to do things that please God. It's, it's continually going the other direction. At least for here, at least we can say that we're a group of sinful people they continue and continue and continue in the path for God because we know that we're sinful and we know that we need him. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to rip our hearts out. But we want to continue on because he's worthy. We're, we're willing to give up ourselves so that we can come, to he, come here and worship him and try our best to hang in there with him and continue for the long haul. This isn't a short-term endeavor. This is a long-term thing where we are trying our best to keep on keeping on with God and not give up because it got hard. Paul says in verse 21, I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Once again, saying the same thing again. He says, no matter how bad I want to do what is right, I inevitably do end up doing what is wrong. This is a man that wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. And here he is saying, no matter how desperately I want to do what is right, I continue to do what is wrong. He says, I love God's law with all my heart. Boy, that's the testimony of so many people. I, I, I love the things that God says. I, I love his, his ways. I know that his ways are higher than my ways. I get that. When I read his word, I understand that he knows what he's doing, and I don't have a clue. I, I, I realize that, that all the things he set out there for me to do are not to punish me, to not to put me in some kind of box, but to help me understand that what I need is to do what God wants me to do because he knows the best way. He's not trying to punish me. He's trying to show me. That's what God's law is all about. It's not about putting you in a box and trying to restrict you and keep you from doing something. So much as it is him saying, put faith in me, trust in me, I know the best way for you, follow me. And here he says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. Oh, 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 at war with my mind. At war with my mind. Should I name him? Should we name him? Uh, it's, it's a little different sometimes with guys than it is uh, with girls. Men and women, we're, we're wired differently. Um, men, obviously, more likely to struggle with lust. More likely to struggle with anger issues. Uh, more likely to struggle with pride. Selfish ambition. Conceit. Women. More likely to struggle with things like vanity, bitterness, malice. More likely to, to, to be less likely to offer forgiveness. Am I speaking out of term? Am I, am I way off base on these? Am I way off base on what I'm saying here? But where do those things start? Where, where do all of those things start? Right up here. Right up here. Right up here at the top, don't they? They all start right up here in the mind. He says, this war is going on inside my mind. It's going on inside my mind. He says, this power 
makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. He said it still, it still has some control over me. It still has, has, has power within me because sometimes it wins. It doesn't always win, but sometimes it wins. Sometimes I'm still a slave to it because sometimes, sometimes it wins. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. He's sick in his soul because that sin sometimes wins in his life. Sometimes it takes hold, it takes root in his mind, and, and he says, oh, what a miserable person I am. That's what he, he's thinking about what it's like when that happens and how miserable he is. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? He says, how is it going to happen? How am I going to be set free from this? How am I ever... How am I ever going to do away with this sin problem? How am I ever going to do away with this fleshly problem? It says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. He goes on in chapter 8 to talk about how God sets him free. And that is ultimately what we talked about just a second ago. When God gives us a new, brand new, recreated body. When Jesus returns and we have a brand new body that is purified and cleansed and new. And then, only then will we not have that struggle between the flesh and the mind and the spirit then, only then, will we be set free from that. The good news is, is that there's, there's a, a time between now and then where if you're a follower of Jesus and you pass from this life into the next, that, 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 that you will be in the presence of the Lord, is what it says. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And when you're absent with that body and present with the Lord, you will be set free from this temporarily, but you will be set free eternally from it when you have that new glorified body when Christ returns. Who's going to do it? Who, who, who's going who's to do this? He says, thank God. Thank God. Through Jesus Christ, thank God. This, this is, this, I have two questions for you tonight. One of them is this, is that, are you struggling? Are you struggling? Is there something in your life Maybe it's one of those things I listed. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's one of the things I listed in the, the male category, but it's really for a female. Or one, one of the female categories that's really affecting a male. Maybe it's something else that I didn't even talk about tonight. Something that, that, that you know is against God's law. You know is grieving His Spirit. You know that it's quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you need to deal with it. You need to be restored, renewed, refreshed. You need to, the joy of thy salvation to be brought back to you. You need God to remind you that you can be made new. You can be made new again. Trust in him. Give it over to him. Let him restore you, rebuild you, and make you up again. Put those pieces back together that are all broken and messed up. Number one, are you struggling? Are you struggling with something in your life? And number two is this. Number two is this. Is, is God where you go for that? Is Jesus Christ the place that you go? When's the last time you gave God thanks and glory for the fact that one day we will have a glorified body and a renewed body and a brand new body 
to spend eternity with him? When's the last time you gave thanks to him? Paul says, thank you, God, through Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you gave thanks to him? I, I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know if there's, there's tremendous sin, if there's little sins, if there's things that God brought to your mind. But this is what I know, that every single person in this room is struggling on some level. Every single person in this room has got some kind of struggle that's going on internally within them between the flesh and the spirit. I just ask you to hang in there. I just ask you to keep on keeping on. And it's not going to be easy, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to get harder but I ask you to not quit, to not quit. Let me pray. Father, thank you, God, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for how you renew us. God, you restore us. God, only you have that power. So I give you thanks through Jesus Christ, the fact that I have a hope for an eternity, God, that is without this struggle, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you thanks for having set me free Lord, from sin and death, when you saved my soul. Lord, I give you thanks for the fact that I had that huge burden lifted off my shoulders that day. I said yes to you and no to myself, and I thank you for that. But Lord, there is an internal struggle that goes on within me every single day. And God, I need you. I know that there is nothing good within me. I know that there is nothing decent within me. I just need you, God. Father, please, through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, restore me and make me new. God, help me as I battle every single day. Lord, help me as I struggle through this. God, I know that one day it will be over with. I know that one day it will all end. God, I just pray that I would stay in the battle. I would stay in the struggle that you would be glorified through that. So Lord, as people come to you and just ask for restoration, ask for healing, ask for renewal, Lord, I just pray that you do a great work in their lives and in their hearts. God, the kind of work that only you can do. Lord, thank you so much for this time allowing us to come to you. Thank you for reminding us of the fact that we can come to you and simply ask. So Lord, do a great work. May we be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will everyone please stand?